the best theme song in the entire industry also means we are back for the best ball happy hour and the most accurate podcast. As always, I'm your host, John Daigle, joined today by the man who has been joining me the past three weeks, and the run is up, Chris G. This is it, our last draft of the gauntlet together. Our exposure is in the gauntlet, and now it is time to move on to the gauntlet, too. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Just punching out these drafts as fast as I can before it fills up. And for the final edition of this regular season, somewhat, best ball happy hour, we could not do it alone. I searched far and wide for this individual because he hasn't been on a single show at all since he won $2 million in the BBM3. It is, of course, our good friend and $2 million winner, Pat Corain. Corain, how are you doing? Doing good. Yeah, I uh, as you were, uh, as we were going live, a tweet went out uh, promoting a, another podcast appearance that I'd just been on. So I do, I think I've, I think I'm probably good for a while. Uh, you, after, you got the one. Daigle schedule going on right now. You're, you're doing 10 to 15 shows this week. Welcome. <laughs> yeah. Dif- the difference is I don't have 2 million in my pocket. So uh, maybe <laughs> I need to improve my life situation. I believe you did win our fight pod this year though. So. Oh yeah. I think I actually shut you out more than anything. <laughs> I think Rashad White was a good pick, so I'll take that was one. Was he, though? Was yeah. Rashad White? Yeah, he's good. In, in redraft, yep. he was the one guy like you don't want because you couldn't start him and you couldn't Yeah, he's a bit him. of a roster He just had to, yeah. yeah, just sit there. Yeah. Uh, I think the best way to start, Corrine, is to just simply ask you, what is it like to be a millionaire? Because that is something two of us on this show aspire to be, and maybe we get there. I don't, I don't want to shut out Chris G, but uh, <laughs> we, are, we are doing our best. But more importantly, you are there now. Uh, you and I, of course, texted throughout the weekend as it was happening. Um, I even assumed you would first go to the wedding and condo plans. You told me you were looking for an accountant first, which is the much better way to approach it. But overall, what is it like? I think that's the best way to start here. Yeah, I mean, it's been mostly uh, mostly homework so far this week. I learned about uh, money markets today, mutual fund, money market mutual funds, which are a thing that I didn't know were a thing. And they are a thing, as it turns out. And there's some ones that have better tax benefits than others. So, you know, they've got some light reading, light reading this afternoon. I don't know. It, it still hasn't sunk in. It's mostly sunk in in terms of like, here's a here's what I'm doing tomorrow, you know, and, you know to sort of take care of all this stuff. But uh, underdog was good for it as it turns out they have they have transferred it it's in the account too like are you seeing the full two million at the top now at the top of your screen i did i did i did do some drafts we had a ship he withdrew that draft. so quick he withdrew that so quick how fast <laughs> is the bank account buddy who, who did you send fast? the two million head to head to <laughs> <laughs> well if i sent it to overs that last week i would be i'd be a four millionaire him. so yeah yeah should have done it well good for you uh chris i actually want to talk about Pat's winning lineup as well. You know, you and I got together over the holidays and we just kind of not only sifted through rum together, but also ideas and strategies and what worked and what didn't. So not only between Pat's winning lineup, we'll let Pat discuss that, but overall ending this best ball season, what are some takeaways from both that lineup and overarching thoughts here um, that you noticed? Well, I think it's obvious that stacking matters, especially when you have a pocket passing quarterback like Tom Brady, right? He just dominated with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And I think a takeaway for me that I kind of tried to adjust my strategy this year was not stacking the running backs with the pass catchers. And it just overall team stacking is just a benefit for your team when you're drafting. And I think there needs to be a little more wiggle room. If you don't get an elite tight end, maybe go for three 
not four, but three. And then the third quarterback, depending on who you get in the first couple rounds, is not a bad option either instead of gambling on two. Crane, you were the one with the winning lineup, though. Brady, of course, mentioned because he was the QB1 overall in the week, in week 17. Um, what are your takeaways, not only from being a millionaire, but from just overall how to build that particular team moving forward? I So I like the I, – I you know – for whatever reason, I now like this build a lot. Um, but <laughs> the, yeah, so this build is kind of interesting because it was running back, running back, and then I took three quarterbacks. But uh, this is something I wrote about um, in the summer, like this being potentially an interesting build because um, when you take running back, running back, when you go running back, running back, you don't necessarily need to take running backs in the early, dub early double digit or late single digit rounds. I took Ramondre Stevenson in the 10th but I didn't take my fourth and fifth running backs until the 16th and 17th. And that's much more feasible. If you've started running back, running back, you don't need to load up on running backs in that later pocket of the draft, which is, it has been a really good time to take running backs. Historically, that's where we've gotten a lot of our zero running back hits from, but you can kind of, you know, dabble there, take one, and then, you know, you can spend one of those picks on something else. And that's also generally been a good time to take a quarterback and maybe take a couple quarterbacks because, uh, like Chris is saying, there's some high upside pocket passers in that range generally, not so much the rushing guys, um, or there are rushing guys, but they're going to be like Daniel Jones, who I grabbed in the 14th, Justin Fields, guys that we feel pretty shaky about. Um, and so, you know, you maybe aren't going to have as consistent production from them. But in this format, you're trying to get spike weeks that get you through the playoffs. And when you take a quarterback in the, the you know, let's say 13, 14, that being the last round you do it generally that type of quarterback is going to have more upside than the guys available a few rounds later. Like those guys are like, you're generally going to be your Matt Ryan's. I mean, Jared Goff was going in that range, you know, but like, it's like Carson Wentz, Zach Wilson, you start to get in the job security issues, the Marcus Mariota. So there's, it starts to get really shaky and it's like your odds of getting a guy who's going to deliver you a spike week in week 15, 16 or 17 and actually help you win the whole thing become much lower. Um, and so I think the two running backs start where then you go three quarterbacks, but you make sure that third quarterback is, is not a super late dart throw was kind of an interesting build. Um, awesome. had a, a really good article talking about three quarterbacks that kind of got me thinking about that. Um, and he specifically mentioned trying to get in the low owned stack using three quarterbacks, which, which happened. Not only did I get the Brady stack in, I actually had Daniel Jones, Saquon and Wandale get in as well. Wandale obviously injured for the year. Um, but you know, in another world, maybe that helped me helped me too. And Liam Murphy, of course, BBM two winner is the one that first brought the attention to me about three quarterbacks being optimal since so many with the field go with two. Uh, I was on ship chasing also earlier this offseason when I was building out our own underdog top 250 for rankings for everyone. I was a big proponent on drafting running backs high, understanding that they are more volatile, significantly more volatile than wide receivers, but volatility is the whole point of building lineups for a top-heavy tournament. Um, I understood that we were willing to basically burn our entries for the chance to try and win that $2 million. So chasing those higher ceilings of running backs, to me, were more important. But I think what stood out with your lineup, Corrine, is that not only did you get the early running backs, but you didn't wait off. It wasn't robust because you didn't go a third within the next three rounds after the first two. You started with Barkler, 
Barkley and Eckler, but then also you you started picking apart receivers where they were still strong because as we know, the cliff happens at wide receiver. And if you don't stack them early, then you are stuck drafting those who genuinely just can't match the other ceiling and spike weeks of receivers in the third through sixth round. Yeah, this, is, this isn't really like a hyper-fragile team because I did, like to your point, I waited until the 10th round for my third running back. It's like Hayden Winks has outlined a bimodal strategy where you do basically exactly that. This is the bimodal strategy where you go running back, running back, then you wait. You don't have to necessarily wait all the way to the 10th, but you wait a while. And um, that allows you to take wide receivers in the ranges where we know wide receivers are generally good picks. Like wide receivers tend to be really good picks. They're great picks in the early rounds too, but there's also usually really good wide receivers available in like rounds three through five, which is, you know, generally we consider that the dead zone for running backs. So um, it kind of, you're sort of zagging to the other position as the running backs. So you get the running backs, which in rounds one and two, it's a risky time to take them, but a high upside time. Then you go, you get maybe an elite tight end, maybe a, a wide receiver. You don't, you don't mess with running backs for a while, grab a quarterback, and then you can come get running backs once the value pocket is, has returned. This is kind of the way this team worked out. As we I did... Think- I think we're going to go see a, a lot more uh, three quarterback strategies uh, next in BBM four. You know, I think uh, a lot of the high end quarterbacks like Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, and Josh Allen are going to go a lot earlier than they did this year because people are going to want that premium quarterback. I think you're and right. I think it's going to. I think it's going to force more of us to go to that three quarterback strategy that you did this year. That's going to be a lot more commonplace. I really like the elite quarterback. I mean, elite quarterback was more of what I was doing. This was not like my primary strategy. This was, this was something I was experimenting with that I thought was viable, but was not my primary strategy. I really loved elite quarterback this year, you know, drafted a lot of Jalen hurts, Josh Allen also drafted a lot of Trey Lance, you know, so that'll burn you. But, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, elite quarterback. I also liked elite tight end and this team had Kittle and I like elite tight end a lot, partly because this team had Kittle and it did nothing, did nothing. I still got through. I got through with Kittle and Mike Jasicki is my only two tight ends. It didn't matter. When I say get through, I mean finish top two in a, in a 12-team league through weeks one through 14. And then week 15, week 16, Kittle's the guy. And, you know, that that ability to separate the tight end position, I do think is pretty powerful in those single elimination weeks. As we saw, Chris, with Justin Herzig's BBM1 winning lineup, with Liam's BBM2 lineup, I expect us to overanalyze Pat's lineup throughout the summer and probably like lean too much into his approach when, as we know, every offseason, on underdog especially, we've seen every week now be different. ADP shift so much throughout the offseason now for even the smallest bit of news. So what do you think is going to be one of your takeaways, Chris? Like, Do you think you will lean more into bimodal build, as he said, um, and running backs? Or do you think that was just a case of the way drafts were leaving open for everyone this year. Yeah, I'm a very fluid drafter. So I take what the draft gives me most of the time. And uh, I really like zero RB. I like bimodal. I did a lot of those. Just I had the wrong guys. You know, like if you did a bimodal uh, build with DeAndre Swift and Saquon Barkley, you were hurting this year, right? I mean, it just just happened to be like the six, seven spot where you could get Eckler and get Saquon in June. That was a really big thing for Pat. Um, but you know, there were other builds that were probably really close to, uh, winning the whole thing as well. You know, Diggs, uh, Diggs and, uh, let's see who else, AJ Brown. Those guys are just so solid that they could have probably picked up and done a lot of stuff. And in the third round, what was crazy about Pat, he didn't even have Mike Evans, which was going in the third round. He had DJ Moore. He went in the early second in this draft. 
lucky for you, right? Because he, probably, I don't know if you get there, right? Luck, lucky for me in the sense that I would have passed on him because I wasn't drafting Mike Evans, and then it would have looked bad. But I get to say, oh, I, I didn't even have a chance to take him. Yeah, you got Jalen Wall instead. It's all good, you know. All right. Well, Crane, we will have months and months talking only about you. So I'm not going to let you let you live it up right Please now. Please overanalyze it because I would love to go zero running back again. This was a fun experiment. It worked out okay. Uh, let me go zero running back. I again. think you <laughs> did just fine. The fact you want zero running back to happen rather than winning two million, you can get the hell out hey of there. The one million dollar uh, winner did go zero running back. So the one million dollar winner also had only two bullets in the tournament, which. Tells wow. you everyone is live. You are literally live. Uh, just throwing a couple entries into the BBM, especially since we all think they're just going to grow it even more next year for BBM4. It's going to be absolutely massive. Crane's not allowed to enter or win. Uh, <laughs> for the gauntlet, though, Crane, that's why we're here. Chris, let's actually start with you because, as always, we've opened the show talking about some changes that have happened from the last seven days between us recording. Now, all the seeds locked in. We have matchup notes throughout. I've done several shows where I've broken down wild card round. So what are some of your thoughts and changes from the last seven days on particular players and situations for these drafts? So first off, I believe the gauntlet filled on Monday. So we got the gauntlet too. It's a different pay structure as well. So if when you're entering the contest, you need to check when you advance out of the first round, you're no longer winning $40. You're winning your money back, 25 so they made it a top heavy prize pool. So first place is all that matters in this 200 K up top. If you advance and you don't advance a team that has options to get to the Super Bowl with five or more players, you're drawing dead to most of the teams that are in that contest. So you need to definitely take a look at that because to get your money back. And this is like, why even enter? Just go for first or go for nothing. In my opinion, does that uh, does that change your opinion on how to approach quarterback? Because we talked about it, how big swings, just big, big swings. So one quarterback, you one still quarterback. Ten percent okay. of your allocation goes to the quarterback. Maybe twenty to thirty percent goes to running back, and seventy to sixty to seventy percent goes to the wide receiver. It's the most volatile position. You want those spike weeks and the pass catchers that are uh, getting those spike weeks. What other notes? I, I cut you off there for a second. Did you have? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the guys we talked about on the show earlier are still going heavily uh, overlooked. Like Hayden Hurst, he's, he could be the third option in that offense. Elijah Mitchell, I mean, he's definitely stealing work from Christian McCaffrey, it seems like. I mean, Christian McCaffrey's still going to get his 20 touches, but they're a run-heavy based offense. They're going to be running just down the throat of people. So I think Elijah Mitchell going at ADP, I think now 47, is really, really beneficial. And not only that, uh, I still think McCall Hardman is going to take his role back when he gets back healthy, and he's got that extra week now. And uh, he's going almost undrafted. He's going in the 10th round still. He's still free. Kadarius Tony, as much as we love him, he's only ran six routes the last game that he was in. And, I mean, to me, it just seems like they're keeping this job open for McCall when he gets back. So getting a, getting a Kelsey-McCall stack with a different ancillary pieces of other offenses seems like a viable strategy here. Six routes, three carries, but as you said, we expect Nicole to, at worst, cannibalize that role and perhaps then make both players useless. Jarrett McKinnon, the guy who's now being drafted basically in the third round in Mahomes stacks, also has averaged a touchdown reception on every three catches his last six games. So 
Can he keep running hot? I keep yelling no, and he keeps doing it. So we'll see. Crane, we haven't talked about you with you at all about the contest, though. So what has been your approach so far? Um, how have you been strategizing for the gauntlet and gauntlet two? Well, <clears throat> I was – I mean, what I've noticed is the – I guess Brock Purdy is, like, the best quarterback in the league. He's, he's like, going up, up boards. I was watching some of Pete's content on, uh, on that. It was cracking me up. But um, – it looks. It feels like what Seattle. Seattle's very, very cheap right now. I did one today. I grabbed a couple of Seattle guys. It didn't quite work out to get all of them, but it was very close for me to be able to get Metcalf, Walker, and Lockett. And yeah, you can get them all in the last three rounds for sure. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I kind of like that because if you're going, this was a Josh Allen team. I I built Josh Allen, Cowboys. I threw in Christian Kirk, and then I I did the Seattle stuff. And so I'm like, I it, I had enough where I had enough Bills and Cowboys where that's like needs to be my Super Bowl. But Seattle stays away from the Cowboys, uh, Jags stay away from the Bills. So I was trying to think through that, like who's who's going to play who. Like if Seattle wins, I know they're not playing the Cowboys. They have to go to the Eagles because they're the seven. So I was trying to think through the seating, which I guess is probably pretty important. I wanted to get with you guys. Like, does this only advances one? Unlike what the mitten, it only advances one through the first round. So how much are you willing to like tack on a random guy like a Christian Kirk on a Josh Allen team? I think, uh, I think that's viable. Um, I really like concentrating on the offenses. So I try to stick to like three and most four teams. So I, my favorite builds are like generally a four, three, three with one of the four being a quarterback because it gives you exposure to three different games, you know? And if you, if you go and concentrate like a four, four, two, you're just betting on pretty much two games, especially if one of the, the two pieces is like a Kansas City or Philadelphia, and you're hoping to sneak them through. So you're really just hoping on two different outcomes. However, that being said, like I really like getting guys like Christian Kirk or Keenan Allen as a solo bit because, like, I don't know if you've noticed, but like in the fourth, fifth round, when like the Purdies and the Gabe Davises and the Devin Singletaries are going, Keenan Allen's just sitting there, or Chris Godwin's sitting there, and those guys are good players. And getting those one-off pieces that can help you advance are crucial. And those last Bucks pieces were definitely sneakier in the gauntlet because they were still going in the last rounds when no one believed in the Bucks. And now I think the the script has flipped and that it's pretty square to pick the Cowboys instead. So yeah, it, it makes oh, I'm it a little bit Cowboys. And, I got and, the Cowboys at the I got CD Lamb with Josh Allen. Well, like, this seems pretty sweet. And, yeah, and even if the Cowboys don't win it's still a a sweet spot for cd lamb i've talked about it across multiple shows that the bucks like where they're allowing their production fifth most receiving yards per game to opposing slot receivers also lead the league in touchdowns allowed to slot receivers so either way lambs even in a one and done is in a sweet spot for this week i've seen him drop a lot i've been talking in like a couple places like justin jefferson and cd lamb are both going lower than expected it's because everyone believes that they may not have a shot to go to two games and but when you're in that situation in the third round and they're sitting there looking at you in the face and you got an AFC stack already going, you pretty much got to just bite the bullet and take them because the talent outweighs the, the outcome. Sometimes you're, because we're not fortune tellers. We, I, we're guessing at who's going to win this game. It's uh, the spread for Tampa Bay and Dallas is minus three neutral. It's a coin flip game, you know? So it's a uh, pretty interesting stuff. Like get the value when you can. And Seattle is definitely a value. Corrine, I want to ask you this question because Evan asks about, 
trying to bring along five men. We talked about it last week, how we definitely want at least six guys. So we're trying for at least six in the Super Bowl. And the issue, of course, in trying to get Eagles and Chiefs there is that neither are playing in wildcard weekend. So you're already leaving yourself wide open, which is why I also naturally think Steam's the 49ers because not only can does everyone think they are neck and neck with the Eagles, but they're playing wildcard weekend. So we get those games. But at the same time, um, how would you do this? Like if you are trying to squeeze by Eagles and Chiefs, what are your thoughts for builds around it? Knowing that the Eagles and Chiefs are going early still. It is tough because um, the like the Dolphins and the Ravens looks like so dead. Dead. So yeah. what are you, you? I mean, because that you could, you know, you could maybe try to go. You, you have to get some guys that are going to get you through. You have to get like studs that are going to get you through. And early in these tournaments, you could you could go like try to get an Eckler or a Keenan Allen or something. That's not happening. So I don't know. I mean. This, the Seahawks one is is one that comes to mind for sure, but that's not even ideal because, like I said, they'll play the the Eagles in round two, so you're kind of capping your upside for any kind of run with that team. Yeah, the, the Cowboys, I guess, although there's a high high chance they play the Eagles. So I'm open to ideas, but it's, it's kind of tight right now. I've done it a couple different ways. Um, on the Eagles and Chiefs specifically, I take five uh, combined Eagles and Chiefs and hope for that Super Bowl. And then I just take the ancillary pieces like we talked about, like just get points on the board to get this to advance. So I'll take Keenan Allen with a Justin Herbert. I'll take Chris Godwin. I'll take Lenny, good old Lenny. Lenny's you know? a good one, yeah. 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 I mean, you just, or Kenneth Walker, because you know those guys are volume and they, they're just so target rich. And then that's what you're going for. You want, you want guys that can dominate a game. Tyree Kill is a great one late, even though Skylar Thompson's there, you know, something to that effect. You, you're really just getting five studs in there just to, to get that Super Bowl matchup. And if you can correlate it, it's great. If not, oh, well. You know? I still think J.K. Dobbins is a pretty sneaky pick as well, since we're not going to have Gus Edwards this That's weekend. So J.K. Dobbins has averaged 6.9 yards per carry since he returned from injury, and now basically being the only available back against the Bengals. Um, I, I actually think that game will be closer than everyone else thinks too. Since what the about Bengals Jeff are- Wilson, Jeff Wilson as well, yeah, and we don't think Raheem Mostert's going to play, so sure. And Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle, you know, we're still taking those, throwing those darts because they are who they are. So it only takes one rushing touchdown, a unique play call here and there for them to have their worth it in the wild card game. Yeah, I like I like those calls. Um, if it is a Chiefs Eagles Super Bowl. Like, who do you think you're going against? Like, it's going to be tough for anyone to get. It's going to be so tough to get, like, a true game stack of it through where, like, your first five picks are the Eagles and the Chiefs. Like, what are you realistically facing, you know, in that final round? Yeah, you you may not face any full teams of five. You know, that, that, that could happen, right? Especially in the conference championship, if it's Bills, Kansas City, and it's Eagles and Tampa Bay seems like a very popular one or San Francisco, right? And they both win. Everybody, and I mean everybody, is on Buffalo and San Francisco because they have the most expected games, you know? And if they both lose in the conference championships in Kansas City and Philadelphia go, you, we may not even see a full team of five because all the teams that are trying to get this full team of five in probably get dusted in round one. So if you get a team of five – Kansas City, Philadelphia through the gauntlet. I mean, you're you're live if those two teams 
meet in the Super Bowl. But it's really hard. It's very hard. <laughs> I think it's time to draft together as well. So for everyone watching live, we are entering the gauntlet two, trying to spread out our exposure in this tournament in three, two, one. And look at that. Already filled. That's Great. a quick one. That's what happens when you get Pat on the show, right? That's got to draft he, with these idiot streamers. He he brings everyone. <laughs> he brings everyone. Uh, any we got other? Influencer 101. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> oh, we did. We're I live. Don't think, I don't think we've had a in a month now of this show. I don't think we've had a 101 either. Um, I know someone asked me. We were talking about it with producer Sal Chris earlier, asking about what we would do with the 101. And right now, I'm curious your thoughts on this, Pat. I would still say Josh Allen, just because Mahomes, there are times he does get to 104, 105. I've seen it. But Allen never gets past 102. And so I just think it's a situation where if you have that slot, like Cooper Cup and redraft leagues this year, you just take him because he doesn't fall. That's where I'm at. Yeah, I want Josh Allen. Rarely do we get to have Josh Allen. So at least we already know we'll be trying to build a bill stack and play it from there. Uh, the Ravens being a lower seed, maybe we get to sneak in J.K. Dobbins here in the last rounds. Any other last round selections you've warmed up on, Chris, in the last seven days? Um, I don't know if I want to say it right now because it's going to get sniped. Yeah, let's, let's, let's wait. Let's okay. wait. We gotta, okay. We gotta yeah. Well, yeah, I, I wanted think, to ask uh, you, you guys with the with the Josh Allen stuff. Um, one reason that I feel like especially eager to take him with the one on one here is that. As I've been doing the playoff challenge stuff for the FFPC, um, we were like every time I every time I show the ownership projection for that, and I do, I do ownership projection for that contest. Everyone, you got to race Josh Allen. You got to race Josh Allen. So I've got him up to like forty two percent of the field having Josh Allen. Is that what do you guys think about that? Is is you know almost half the field going to be playing Josh Allen? I think so. I would I would think so because there are only yeah. three options really in Allen, Hurts, and Mahomes. And Kelsey logically wipes out Allen since the position is so volatile, people will still just lean on Kelsey. So two players, I would think they want to play Allen. Um, and those kind of contests where you and and this one, for instance, where we go deeper, I'm still trying to sell a James Cook to everyone as leverage. Uh, because like the first game, we don't even trust Josh Allen to hit his ceiling like against the Dolphins what does he even need to do I think it's more of a running back game and if we do get this this better usage for Cook after he ran more routes than Singletary out touched him five to one after Singletary fumbled in third quarter in week 18 I think Cook's pretty sneaky in these formats I like cooking these yeah okay Chris your thoughts with Josh Allen I, th I think we either got to lean San Francisco or Dallas here those two top guys are there or because AJ Brown's gone, Diggs is gone. I usually like going Kittle and grabbing uh, and grabbing uh, Brandon Ayuk right there sometimes. But if you want to go see him, just click him. And we, yeah, we can get Gabe as the third one. That's fine too. Let's go Kittle and Gabe, right? Kittle, Gabe, Crane. Most yeah, expected games and most expected games, right? Uh, I sometimes pass on Gabe here because sometimes he comes back, but usually I think Diggs went pretty early in this. Who grabbed him? Diggs went. Yeah, uh, e, e Scott. Three. Yeah, we wouldn't have got Gabe Davison. No, there's no way he would. He's trying to look at getting those two ancillary pieces from the Bills and stack NFC with those guys. So that's a good pick, Pat. And Debo Samuel, if we're still trying to pivot more 49ers techs, may come back. 
Uh, Elijah Mitchell continues to rise, but he's still a good pick around the fifth or sixth round. Uh, so there are still lots of options for us if we want to continue stacking the Niners on the other side as well. Yeah, we got tons of guys on the Niners to take. What have you been doing, Corrine, whenever you've drawn the back end, like the 106? Is there a particular team you're going for? Because even as you mentioned, Purdy continues getting steamed. It's really hard to squeeze some Niners stacks out now. Yeah, I mean, I I like if you can do the, the Burrow chase. That was out of the 105 here. You wouldn't have been able to do it at the 106, but I Got like the Higgins that. too. And the Higgins, I mean, that's pretty sweet. That's like the Bengals. It's weird. This is a weird playoffs because it really does feel like the Bills, the Bengals, and the Chiefs all have a buy. But um, you know, to be able to get that double stack with Burrow, I mean, one, they're very live to go to the Super Bowl, and two, that's like all you really need. I mean, you can well, tack on Hurst or something, but that's if, if the Bengals, in order for the Bengals to make the Super Bowl, we're assuming. They have to travel to the Bills and travel to Kansas City. So, like, they would need Burrow in the passing game just to get to the Super Bowl. So, if you think the Bengals make it there, like, you definitely tack on the passing game because a low-scoring game isn't going to work in, the, in that path there. Exactly. Let's hope uh, this two-slide guy takes Purdy first. No, 102 with Debo and McCaffrey. Oh, I didn't even see Debo go that early earlier. Okay. Yeah, we got we got Ayuk in the hopper here. Usually the two guy goes Ayuk, especially if we took Kittle. But you never know. The Purdy love is high. Should we just take Purdy too? <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> East got no, Ayuk. Ayuk. That's so a bummer. That guy has got an interesting team. One of every. One of everything. Yeah. Yeah. One of everything. If if 102 was wise, he would pass on Purdy, knowing we're not going to take a quarterback. Yep. So Keenan Allen goes there. I love Keenan Allen. Uh, what are we thinking now? I'm, uh, Devin Singletary is already gone. So I, I like taking James Cook at the five one there. Would honestly. it be crazy to grab the double Eagles? Uh, like no, it's not, Sanders? not at all. Which one? I would ones? take Devontae and Dallas. Yeah. Devontae. All right. Let's um, go Devontae. And then, uh, we want yeah, to. I'm stay. willing to wait on running back more, but. If you guys want Dallas, yeah. I'm cool with it. If you guys want James Cook, I'm cool with it. Miles Sanders, I'm I'm not into that. Really okay, let's go Dallas because we we can try to get Cook. Cook seems like he's possible he comes back. Yeah, the only, I think the I'm only person we got to worry about is Team Three. I think we only got to worry about Team Three. That's it. Well, Team Three is a total wild card. They could do anything. Yeah. E. Scott at one, at 103, no quarterbacks just yet. Ayuk or Eckler as his running backs with Diggs, Jefferson, and Ayuk. Pretty strong build so far. Crane, any you already talked about the Seahawks uh, as the stack that just no one's talking about. Any other ancillary, like one-off options you're taking in the last round of these tournaments? Hmm. The last round, I don't know. I guess I'm uh, – this is not an answer to that question, but ETN goes pretty late in these. Uh, it doesn't go the last round. But he's someone where I, anytime I – I like adding on him to stuff, and I like adding him on to – Bills stuff because he's not going to play the Bills. So that's a I like I like taking uh I like taking like a guy like Evan Ingram too, you know, right, Pat? Like the guy yeah, is, that's a good one. He's a sneaky guy and he's always like in the ADPs of like the high fifties. So he's not getting drafted all the time either. It is I like that. It is an amazing spot for ETN, even if the Jags don't win that game as well, since 
Chargers defense has, has really just been opponent-based. More Their improvement since week 13 in that span, 5.2 yards per carry with the seventh highest rate of 10-yard runs allowed in that time. ETN has played the Titans two of the last five games, so recency bias could also push down his ownership. Yeah, I like ETN quite a bit. Recency bias should be pushing up his ownership. They slammed him into the line against, against the Titans. Like, they are going to run the ball on the Chargers. Yeah. Uh, the three games in between the Titans games, he averaged 6.5 yards per touch and 10.6 yards per catch. Yeah. Over yeah, two, that's over a great 100. pick with – yeah, go ahead. I'll just say over oh. 100 yards in two of three of those games, but go ahead. Yeah, that, that's a great pick with those uh, people trying to try that Kansas City-Philadelphia thing, you know? Like, if you – like, he's a great guy. He goes in the seventh round, and he's – they don't have a good run defense, the, the Chargers. So, we'll see, you know, that's the ticket this week. All right. Ancillary, Chiefs left on the board. But... So, James Cook went – Team three, mm. the wild card. Uh, I like Elijah Mitchell I like there. Mitchell, um, that's a good one. That'll be our first pick, and we can. I think we should take. Uh, is Dawson Knox available? Or did he already get scooped up? He is gone. He's gone. Okay. Um, are there any Eagles here. left? Or are they gone? I don't. I think. I think we're good on Eagles. There's the two guys, and it's yeah, we're probably good. You're right. So um, we took two. We have two San Fran guys, so we can dig deep. What round are we in here? Seven. Yeah. Is that, is that correct? So yeah. we can actually take an ancillary piece here, like you said. So we can take Dalton Schultz because we have the San Fran guys. So they'll be good for the first round. We could take ETN, whatever you I guys want. ETN. Yeah, let's take ETN. We just uh, about. Let's take ETN over Schultz. Uh, also, then we would only need – you said you prefer 1-3, right, Chris? Yeah, yeah. I, I like 4-3-3. Three, three. Like, you know, so right now we have two uh, Buffalo, and we there's definitely two guys we're going to get. I mean, they kind of play the same role, but with the injury to our, our guy Isaiah McKenzie, you know, we could probably get them anyways. Yeah, um, and you can get Isaiah McKenzie with the last pick now. He's kind of an interesting one just to tackle at the very end. Yeah, I, you know, you know who I like, uh, the rookie. I, I think Khalil uh, Shakir. Khalil Shakir. Khalil Shakir and and Cole Beasley just got elevated, so they're probably going to use him for the Isaiah McKenzie role. He doesn't play this week. So. Cole Beasley, John Brown. I I don't think they're bad options here, uh, especially if they see some more man coverage. John Brown already showed he can beat that. So, yeah, I mean, think think about it. Right, we're, we're we're basically signing off Miami as a buy, right? That's what you just said, Pat. Right. So why wouldn't they get Shakir some reps in a playoff game? Right. Like, okay. All right, I like you this know, angle. Yeah, you know, you know, like I'm thinking, I'm thinking, like <laughs> the rookie is a he's played well. He he almost caught a touchdown last week, right? I mean, he's looking pretty good. I mean, I don't know. That's my thought. I, I kind of like it. Yeah, that's, that's fun. Isaiah McKenzie's hamstring. He hasn't practiced today. I mean, mm. there's some uh, there's some concern, right? That's a good. That's a good look. Yeah. Especially because it would be unique with Josh Allen. Yep, that's that's the point. And then you hope in the Super Bowl he goes off or gets yep. it. At least the question is, do we do we need to go there already, or is that for later? That's for the tenth round. I think we can wait. Okay. Um, here we can go Zay Jones. We can go Evan Ingram to stack with the uh, stuff that I we like think that. we need to advance. We can. Uh, and then we do we want to if we're gonna get McKenzie as well. We might as well take one of them here, Khalil or. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you want? Be, you, let's take. Uh, let's take Shakira or Beasley, right? I, I don't think we should take Isaiah. I, okay. I mean, unless you've 
unless you feel like he'll be a differentiator in the Super Bowl or something like that, you know? Uh, uh Let's let's Shakir or Beasley. Let's go Shakir. I mean, you know, that's like, enjoy fun. I must say, we just we just like having fun with our friends. <laughs> I mean, well, floors don't matter. So where are we at here? Um, we got three bills, right? Got, yeah, one, two, six with our three bills, two Jags, a Niner, and two Eagles. All right, this is incredibly thin. I'm going to say it because no one's going to take this guy. Naeem Hines, I mean, he's uh, he's a Buffalo guy. He you is know, the Buffalo um, guy. You are correct. He does play in Buffalo. I yep. will not argue. He with exists. That. He breathes there. But, but, um, I mean, like, man. Uh, but honestly, like, <laughs> he's good on special teams. He's good on special teams. No, but honestly, uh, that's really thin at this point. So I'd probably like to go Beasley again. Or if you guys are a little nervous about the running back position, we could take someone like Fournette. Like Fournette's a screaming value. Um, he just went. Um, and then our guy J.K. Dobbins at uh, Daigle was talking about. But I kind of like getting four players on the Buffalo team if Josh Allen's doing well. But then again, I'd be good about running back with ETN. Okay. I'd rather I'd rather go with McKenzie or Beasley. Okay. Yeah, dealer's choice, man. I'm I'm open for anything. I think uh, I think McKenzie's hamstring is an issue. He didn't practice today. He may not play at all uh, this week. Maybe I mean he might be a late round option for us to get through, right? If uh, they go off, I mean it's up to y'all, really. I guess we only have Mitchell as our second running back, so it is a bit thin there. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, but then again, San Francisco could shellack the uh, Seattle. And first, just... I mean, yeah, shellack their first two opponents if it's the Bucks or Cowboys too. Yeah, we could uh, we could roll that dice. I'm fine with whatever. What do you guys think? What do you think, Dave? I'm always I'm always proponent of stacking. Like, I think Dobbins is a better option in a vacuum, but uh, how many teams have? Allen, Gabe, Shakur, and Cole Beasley. <laughs> it can't be many. It's. I yeah. agree. I agree. It cannot be many. <laughs> I'd probably take Beasley over McKenzie just for the differentiation, you know? Yeah, Yeah, because I, I, I think that. that's the game we're playing here with Shakur also is McKenzie has to be out. So we might as well take both replacements if McKenzie's out. Yeah. One cool, thing that's yeah. kind of interesting about the way we did this is that in this tournament, Josh Allen's like never going to be paired with Diggs. Right. It's like essentially, I mean, maybe this one weird draft or something, but it's not a thing. And so if you're, it would be like amazing if Josh Allen throws a couple touchdowns to random people in round one and makes Diggs less likely to advance as everybody's first round pick. Now, when we get to the Super Bowl, we're not sweating Diggs. And maybe, you know, we get through round one because of those guys as well, or maybe it's round two or whatever. But at some point, you really do want to capture some of that if it's going to happen. You're absolutely right because in Gauntlet One, there's so many Josh Allen and Diggs teams because the, everyone thought they were getting the buy, and there was very right, right, few right. Mahomes Kelsey teams in this format. Gauntlet Two, I would say less than two percent of people have gotten a Josh Allen Diggs team. I've been like one pick away like three times in the, since I've done mine, so it's uh, it's very hard to get. And yes, you want a high explosion from anyone else this week, but Diggs, and then. If Diggs scores, you're you don't care. Only three teams in this draft, including us as well, with one quarterback strategy. The others with two quarterbacks. Uh, and that, gentlemen, will wrap it up. That's it for the best ball happy hour ahead of the gauntlet too. Uh, keep 
jamming this tournament, fill it. I was in late at night. I had people DMing me on Twitter because I was sitting there with some old fashions, ripping drafts earlier this week. <laughs> uh, we'll probably be doing that again ahead of Saturday, trying to trying to get some different optimal builds and spread my exposure out from the gauntlet to the gauntlet too. Chris, any other parting thoughts you want to give everyone for the next 48 hours that are ripping drafts? Yeah, just be careful. Um, not really be careful, but just mind the fill rate. Like if you guys are into underdog, the fill rate, it may not fill. And then you can get some extra EV. So like we talk about how this contest is one of six advancing. However, if uh, it doesn't fill, some of these two, some of these second place teams are going to get in if they have a high score total. And that could help you advance that crazy Philadelphia, Kansas City team that you want so desperately, right? So something to keep an eye out for. Pat, you won $2 million. You give the people advice. Well, I feel like, uh, you know, I have not drafted a ton of this, so I would recommend listening to Sharps like John Daigle and Chris G uh, for most of this. But this was fun. I, I think I'm going to dive in and, and draft some more of these. Maybe we'll have some better thoughts. Uh, yeah, you should, you should play on underdog more. You might, you might win. <laughs> I should really give it a shot. I've heard good things. Uh, I would, uh, I would say we're going to be back on chip chasing on Friday um, and talking through the FFPC playoff tournament over there. Um, and that's always a fun one. So um, if you, if this isn't giving you your total fill of playoff contests, there are more options. And because Pat can't have it all in life, our FFPC playoff challenge video actually will legitimately be out Friday morning. Uh, I sat down <laughs> with Connor Allen and Joe Pano and walked through it. Also, my top 70 rankings for pretty much any playoff contest. Dra DraftKings goes a lot deeper into 20 rounds. But for FFPC challenge, it's right over there on 444.com. Crane, where can the people find you as you dive into your vault of gold coins? Uh, at Pat Corrine. And uh, <laughs> Chris. Uh, I <laughs> go ahead you can, you can find myself at red world as well for the time being chris where can people find you uh at chris g with six e's you know it's a pretty hard twitter handle to, to find but yeah, i'm there just look me up and when and, you find uh, it I'm, there's only one there's no one else with six e's one. yeah there's no one TV. else with six e's all right we will be back tj hernandez and myself friday 4 30 p.m eastern for the dfs mvp show dfs content for every slate two game three game six game exciting week all on the site right now at 44.com as well but until then remember be a little bit kind of what's applied we'll see you next